Hi, and welcome to Ask Wardy. I'm Wardy, a wife and mom of three, lead teacher, blogger, and founder of traditionalcookingschool.com. I'm also the author of The Complete Idiot's Guide to Fermenting Foods. Ask Wardy is the weekly show devoted to answering your niggling questions about traditional cooking. Maybe it's your sourdough starter, your sauerkraut, preserving foods, broth, superfoods, or anything else to do with traditional cooking. You can catch Ask Wardy live each Wednesday at 10 a.m. Pacific, that's 1 p.m. Eastern, or through the podcast and video replays at askwardy.tv. And now, let's get to today's show. Hi, everyone. Welcome to Ask Wardy episode 38. I'm so happy you're here. I want to give a big warm welcome to my live audience on Periscope and Facebook Live. If you're checking it out later, you're very important to me as well. You might be listening on your earbuds where you can hop over to the show notes at tradcookschool.com slash aw038 to switch over to the video recording if you'd like. In the video, you will see some images that I'm going to show. That's kind of the special part of that. Um, But you can also, you know, read down in the show notes. Anybody is welcome to check out the show notes, which are live right now, if you want to follow along with text or links that we're talking about. That's tradcookschool.com slash aw038. Now, the podcast and the video are not there yet because we're recording those right now. All right, so we have a great question today. I'm so both saddened and thrilled about this question today. I'm saddened because I can feel the pain of Linda who wrote in because we have been there, but I'm thrilled it came up because this is kind of uh, the story that the story and the thing that launched my family into the healing of traditional cooking and the possibilities of um, freedom and healing. So it's a really wonderful topic, um, and that is if you're not already on. If I haven't said it out loud yet, um, that is how to heal eczema naturally. Now, I'm going to have a quick caveat before we launch in here, which is I'm not a doctor. I'm not a healthcare professional. The things I'm going to share here today are not giving medical advice. Rather, they are sharing my family's story and things that I've read, experiences we've had to help you who may be on a similar path needing to heal from eczema or other, you know, psoriasis, skin conditions, or other symptoms of allergies. So if you're interested in doing that naturally, I hope that my story, my family's story, will help you, give you some food for thought, and maybe a springboard for um, finding what works for your family. So that's my caveat. I'm not giving medical advice. But I am very, very happy to be sharing today this story. So let me read Linda's question to you. She says, I have a question for you, which I hope you can answer. My grandson is two and a half years old and covered from head to toe in eczema. It's terrible eczema. It's open and bleeding. He recently was tested for allergies as I thought perhaps dairy and grains were causing much of his problem. It was a great surprise to us when his allergist informed us that he has no allergies. None of the dairy or grain scratches reacted on him. Now here in Canada, we cannot just make an appointment with any doctor we wish. We have a family doctor, and that's who we go to. Could you make any recommendations that might help my grandson? FYI, my son had eczema from birth forward as well, so there is a family connection. I would appreciate any information you can give me so I can pass it on to my son and his wife. I keep my grandson one day a week. God bless you, Grandma. And we'll be able to follow any information you provide. So that's Linda's story. I, I like reading the whole version out so you can hear the background and the nuances. Uh, Linda has walked this road a long time. Her son had eczema. Um, 
now his son has eczema. They've been battling in their grandson for two and a half years. Um, his sores are open and bleeding. They're trying things. They're not getting to the bottom of it. Doesn't it just break your heart? It breaks my heart. As I said, I can feel her pain. I'm going to tell you that story in just a little bit. And I think a lot of people here, live or listening later, are probably in a similar situation. You have children or yourself or grandchildren with problems that you can't get over. You're trying, trying, trying. If it's eczema, psoriasis, um, yeast rashes, indigestion, you know, chronic diarrhea or constant. Anyway, there's so many different conditions we could name that um, we, we fight in our modern society. And so we're talking about eczema specifically, but I think you all can relate. All right, so the short version of this question that I'm going to answer is how can we heal eczema naturally? Okay, I gave you my caveat. I'm not a doctor, so this is our story. I want to tell you my story. Our son was born with a terrible eczema. Now, our son is a teenager now, so this was a long time ago. But he also, like Linda's grandson, had eczema from head to toe. It was red, itchy, he scratched it, it bled, he was constantly in pain. And we went to doctors as well, had allergy tests. The doctors said he doesn't have any allergies, food or otherwise. Well, actually, they said he was allergic to cat dander, so that was one. And they just said, you know, you got to live with it and maybe hope that he'll outgrow it. Um, he was very uncomfortable all the time. He was itchy, and he was just always itching himself. You could tell there was just, he was just under constant irritation. Even a baby that can't quite communicate, you can tell they're in pain, can't you? Um, so we were given no help by conventional medicine, and we lived with that for two and a half years. <laughs> and isn't that... Um, well, it's a coincidence, but maybe a fortuitous coincidence. Lindsay's grandson is now two and a half years, and we lived with it for two and a half years, too. Um, now, during this time, we had cleaned up our external environment. So, you know, natural cleaners, natural laundry detergent, good soaps, um, you know, sprays and things like that. We just didn't use any of those, and that did help our son, at least for, for the rashes, not to get worse, not to get more inflamed. When we would go to the park, and we lived in central California, and it was 100 degrees in the summer, he would have to wear long pants. I did make them myself out of light cotton, so they were as cool as possible. Um, but he had to be covered up because the park and the sprays they used, they would cause a big flare-up, make it really worse. So we had to be very, very careful. Um, but he was at this point, he was not showing any signs of growing out of it. We were just kind of managing. Um, so in desperation, because you really are desperate when you're in that situation, when your children are hurting, um, in desperation, we decided we're going to find out for ourselves whether he, whether he was allergic to anything. Now, as I said, we had been to the doctor and the doctor had done food allergy tests or allergy tests and said, um, he doesn't have any allergies, but, um, we decided that even if he hadn't tested positive for an allergy, that maybe he was sensitive enough. Maybe it wasn't a true allergy. Maybe there was some kind of sensitivity that the test just didn't pick up. We have, we are, I admit, I admit, have been, you know, cynical of conventional medicine for a long time. And it was beginning at this time. So we were just like, you know, maybe they don't know. Maybe there's something here that the tests are not revealing. Now, later on, and I'm going to bring this here because it's relevant right now. Later on, we did learn that there's a difference between a food allergy and food intolerance. And both of them can cause eczema and other symptoms. 
The allergies do show up on your normal tests, whereas um, the intolerances may not. You may need to go to um, less mainstream testing to reveal intolerances. Anyway, we didn't have any of that information at that time other than this maybe there's more to the story feeling. So what we did is we cut out the major allergens um, in his diet. And we felt we started, we didn't cut out all of them, but we started with dairy and eggs. And within four to five weeks, his eczema was completely gone, just completely gone. This was after being told he had no allergies, but his eczema was gone and there was no other accounting for it than he hadn't had any dairy or eggs for four to five weeks. And the thing that was the biggest deal to me was that for two and a half years, I had nursed and cuddled and loved this son whose skin was all dry and itchy. He was in pain. But you know, you moms know the feeling, you dads know the feeling, even you big sisters and brothers to your, you know, little, your little siblings know the feeling of feeling a baby's skin. And I had not felt our son's skin ever because he was born and basically flared up immediately. So after two and a half years, the biggest deal to me was this is his baby soft skin. I'm finally feeling his baby soft skin. It was, it brought tears to my eyes. And for actually years afterward, I still, you know, even when he was five years old and I felt his skin in the back of my mind, it actually was even an intentional thought was this is his skin. And I didn't get to feel this for two and a half years. And so the thankfulness just came back for years, tears and thankfulness. Anyway, that was a small departure, but I thought I would share that because I think moms and dads and, you know, family, you can relate. When you don't, when the baby's soft skin is missing and then it comes, you just are like, wow. (laughs) Anyway, I want to show you a photo here um, about him. Now, it's probably going to be hard to see looking through the video, but the, this, these photos are at the show notes, tradcookschool.com slash aw038. Um, and I've shared these online before. So those of you who've been around are probably not going to be surprised by this. But these are before and after photos. So this is our son before, right here. And he's got a patch of eczema uh, next to his um, lips. And it's a picture of his legs. And all up and down his legs are red um, itchy sores. It's hard to see. Then afterward, this is, (laughs) I love this picture because this is his big sister, our middle child, kissing his soft skin. I mean, he's just completely clear, completely clear. Uh, So it was just, it was just amazing. I don't know how else to say it. It's just amazing. But our battle wasn't over. So this is the conclusion to the story before I get into some tips for Linda and all of you. Um, The battle wasn't over because what we did at that point was we just avoided the foods that caused his eczema. That was dairy and eggs. Then we learned about traditional cooking, uh, how the preparation of foods was important, like soaking, sprouting, and fermenting because it pre-digests elements of the food that may be hard to digest, harder on the body. Uh, We did a test called an antibody assessment panel, and I have a link to it in the show notes for you. And this revealed the food intolerances that we had found out on our own. So it was a non-mainstream test that revealed the presence of antibodies in the blood to these foods that had been triggered. So the test confirmed the things that we found out on our own that conventional allergy testing had not showed us. We also learned about gut health, um, how proper gut balance is the key to a body digesting and handling foods as nutrition instead of poisons. 
Uh, I'm going to tell you more about this and explain what I just said in a bit. This idea of foods can be poisonous or can act as poisons in the body if the gut health is not there. Sorry, I was having to plug something back in. Um, but for now, the end to my story is that through traditional cooking with a focus on gut healing, our son's gut healed to the point where he could eat dairy and eggs without a recurrence of eczema. So we avoided it for a long time, then we learned about traditional cooking and his gut healed, so then the dairy and eggs were not a problem. This was amazing to us. I just, I think about it and I say praise the Lord over and over again, even, you know, dozens of years later. So now let's get into the practical part of today's um, episode, which is the tips I have to healing eczema naturally. Again, I'm not a doctor. I'm sharing what worked for us and things that I've read. So I think there's two steps to healing eczema naturally. And step one is, bet you guys can guess this. Step one is to find and remove the triggers. Um, even if you're, and Linda, I'm speaking to you in particular, but anybody else who's in this situation. Even if your doctor's testing, mainstream testing, doesn't reveal allergies, this doesn't necessarily mean that um, those with eczema, psoriasis, etc., aren't sensitive to some foods. So to find out if you're sensitive, um, you have a couple choices. One is, this is the one we did, you do an elimination diet. You can either remove the things that you think are the triggers based on your research, or you can just remove all the common allergens. You need to do it for six to eight weeks. Common allergens off the top of my head are wheat, um, gluten, over wheat or and or gluten, corn, soy, dairy, eggs, peanuts, etc. And then if you see a um, a resolution of symptoms, and remember you you have to stick with this for weeks, then you're then what you do is you reintroduce the po- potential triggers one at a time, you know, spaced far enough apart, like days or weeks, so that you can really see. You know, if you were introduce all of reintroduce all of them, it's like, well, which and the eczema came back. It's like, well, which, you know, which one caused it? So you need to reintroduce them slowly, one at a time, so that if there is a recurrence of eczema, you know, ah, eggs. We only brought back eggs, so eggs are the thing. And by the way, with eggs, it could be the egg yolk and or the egg white. Um, and I want to say it's more likely an egg white than an egg yolk. Who knows? In our son's case, it was the egg white. So, and we learned that through some testing, I mean, you know, in-home kitchen testing. So he, he could eat eggs, but he couldn't eat the egg whites during the time that we avoided it. Anyway, so that's one way is to just do an elimination diet at home to um, reveal what the trigger food is. And by the way, it doesn't just have to be food, okay? Um, if there are some things in the environment that could be triggers, perfumes, sprays, cleaners, and whatnot, I'm, I'm going off the assumption that everything in the environment is cleaned up. Uh, okay, the second option you have for finding out what the food triggers are is to do the allergy test I may, mentioned before, which is the antibody assessment panel. It, it's You can do it at home or through a doctor. You'll find information um, at the show notes, tradcookschool.com slash aw038. Well, you'll find a link, actually. Um, basically, this test tells you how many antibodies are in your blood relative to the 96 foods that are commonly found in the Western diet. Um, no matter how you go about identifying the foods that are triggers that cause the eczema, once you find that out, uh, your grandson, in the case of Linda or anybody else, again, I'm not giving medical advice, just you know, sharing, 
uh, shouldn't eat them until the gut has healed. So just avoid. That's why I say find and remove. So find and avoid the trigger foods. Um, Look at the environment to see things that could be triggering it. And for us, this step also included easing of symptoms, like I made um, a salve with herbs and olive oil and, and um, solidified a bit with melted beeswax, and I would just liberally coat our sun from head to toe, <laughs> at least every night, um, but often during the day as well, just to ease the symptoms. Um, that cuts down on the burning and itching while you know you're still rashy. Okay, so that was step one, to find and remove the triggers, also ease the symptoms. Step two is heal the gut. I mean, you can, you know, avoid these foods for the rest of your life. Um, that is given that you identify which one or maybe there's several. And a lot of people do that. Um, there is hope, however, that with gut healing, that may not have to be a life long avoidance. Now, it's not a promise. Some people do not grow out their, grew out of their allergies, uh, but some do. So it's a hope that I mention in case it may be true for you, because true healing could be possible. Um, we know that the body sees food allergens as foreign invaders, and it turns on the immune system to fight them, and that is what makes the body overtaken by these battle symptoms, digestive, respiratory, skin, even mental. Um, why does this happen, though? This, it's important to us to understand why this happens in order to um, embark on a, a gut healing protocol that will reverse it. And I want to explain why the body seems to attack itself um, with foreign invaders, which are food, just food, but our body attacks them. The best answer I've ever heard is from Dr. Natasha Campbell McBride. She's the creator of the GAPS diet and the book, Gut and Psychology Syndrome, aka GAPS. And her answer comes down to the health of the gut. So this, if you, this is a great um, quote, and it is at the show notes, tradcookschool.com slash aw038 if you want to copy and paste it or whatnot, or, or, or follow the link to her complete article. Uh, but let me read it to you. It's a little bit long, if you don't mind. Normal gut flora maintains gut wall integrity through protecting it, feeding it, and ensuring normal cell turnover. When the beneficial bacteria in the gut are greatly reduced, the gut wall degenerates. At the same time, various opportunists, when not controlled by damaged good bacteria, get access to the gut wall and damage its integrity, making it porous and leaky. In other words, there's holes in the gut wall from this uh, scenario. For example, microbiologists have observed how common opportunistic gut bacteria from families which two families which I cannot pronounce, due to their spiral shape, have an ability to push apart intestinal cells, breaking down the integrity of the intestinal wall and allowing through substances which normally should not get through. Candida albicans, candida, has this ability as well. Its cells attach themselves to the gut lining and literally roots through the gut lining, making it leaky. Many worms and parasites have that ability as well. Now, partially digested foods get through the damaged, leaky gut wall into the bloodstream where the immune system recognizes them as foreign and reacts to them. This is how food allergies or intolerances develop. So there's nothing wrong with the food. What is happening is that foods do not get a chance to be digested properly before they are absorbed through the damaged gut wall. So in order to eliminate food allergies, it is not the foods we need to concentrate on although we do need to avoid them during the time of symptoms, 
but the gut wall. And then she concludes by saying, in my clinical experience, when the gut wall is healed, many food intolerances disappear. So just to summarize that lengthy but really important quote, opportunistic organisms like the bacteria, fungus, yeast, and more, candida is one of them, when not controlled by good gut flora, make actual holes in the gut wall. Undigested food escapes the gut through these holes into the bloodstream, at which point the immune system reacts to them as it should because they're not supposed to be there. So what should we learn from this? First, it's very important uh, for our immediate health, or in the case of Linda's grandson, for his health, to avoid the foods that are triggering the uncomfortable to severe reactions. But the second part of this, and what is missing from most food allergy plans you know, you just your strict avoidance conventional plans, is that we should place equal emphasis on healing the gut through nutritious and healing foods. Now, um, on at traditionalcookingschool.com, we have many articles on gut healing and resources, so I'm not going to go into all that, but I wanted to mention for Linda and anybody else who's looking to heal eczema naturally that avoidance is one part of it, and but true healing will come from gut healing so that hopefully the hope will be realized that the foods could be eaten in the future. So I have a whole bunch of links for you at the show notes, tradcookschool.com slash AW038. That's for Ask Wardy episode 38. So there's the um, antibody assessment panel, um, the GAPS book that I mentioned, all the GAPS articles at Traditional Cooking School. I have a podcast where um, with a guest, Melanie Christner, who's a GAPS uh, practitioner, where she broke down the GAPS diet and really, well, the podcast is all about the gut healing GAPS diet made simple. So it really breaks it down and shows you how to simply implement it. I also have an article, uh, a podcast actually, um, which diet is right for you, traditional or gut healing, because you may be on the fence. Do I need to just do traditional foods or do I need to do gut healing? Because gut healing is possible on a traditional food diet. It really is. And we have experienced, it, it may take longer, but it is possible. Um, also, I want to point out that um, a couple resources for you, you would have to sign up for these at Traditional Cooking School. But if you're interested in traditional cooking, I have a free video series um, that has videos with my favorite fundamental uh, traditional cooking techniques like soaking and sprouting. And that's at tradcookschool.com slash free vids, all one word, free vids. The other thing is, and this is a brand new resource I just finished putting together yesterday, so I was really excited it got done in time for today's broadcast, which is I put together a guide on um, making your own dairy-free milks, because often when you're trying to eliminate allergens and avoid, dairy is a big, big culprit. So I put together a guide on making your own homemade dairy-free milks, plus um making substitutes for dairy in all your cooking. And if you're interested in grabbing that free guide, it's at tradcookschool.com slash dfmilks for dairy-free milks, but it's all one word, tradcookschool.com slash dfmilks. And um, the final thing I want to tell you about is at Traditional Cooking School, we do have a complete course on allergy-free cooking with recipes and substitutions and strategies for avoiding major allergens. So if that is something you feel is necessary, not, not necessarily you, Linda, but anybody who's listening who may have eczema or psoriasis or other conditions uh, for which you need to go on an allergy-free diet, our allergy-free cooking e-course has recipes, techniques, and strategies for avoiding all the major allergens, dairy, gluten, grains, nuts, seeds, 
eggs, um, all kinds of things like that. And that link for you is tradcookschool.com slash get started, where get started is one word. Again, all these links that I've mentioned are at the show notes for you, tradcookschool.com slash aw038. So quick recap here. Linda, feel for you. Um, I hope that sharing my story today has given you some hope for your grandson. I do believe there is hope. I hope that um, our, ex- I, I believe that our experience is not, our experience with our son with healing eczema naturally is not um, a fluke because I've heard from many others who've experienced the same uh, freedom from eczema or other conditions when they first avoid and second embark on a gut healing diet. And really that is the crux of what I would say you should look into is, you know, find the triggers either through your own elimination diet or doing a non-conventional testing like the one I've mentioned. Once you find those triggers, avoid them so he can heal. Um, but then look into gut healing so that that food that his body is reacting to, you know, if it's through a damaged gut wall or a leaky gut, that can be reversed and his gut health can be restored so that the foods aren't a problem. Okay. Um, I'm just so thrilled to have been with you all again today. Thank you to the live audience for being here and for sharing your comments as we went and tapping the screen with hearts on Periscope. It's just a joy to be with you. In fact, I can't tell you how amazing it is um, that we have the technology to do Periscope and Facebook Live because instead of me recording a podcast just to myself, I feel like I get to visit every time we do it. And it makes it so much more rewarding and meaningful for me. So thank you for being with me. And those of you who are tuning in later, thank you as well for uh, taking advantage of this on iTunes or checking out the video uh, replay or the podcast version at the show notes. Um, if you have comments about anything, the show notes are available for you, tradcookschool.com slash aw038. I look forward to seeing you there. God bless everyone. Talk to you again soon. Thanks so much for joining me today. Here's what to do next. Ask Wardy wouldn't be possible without your questions, so please keep them coming. If you're on Twitter, tweet me at tradcookschool with your question and use the hashtag AskWardy or send an email to wardy at askwardy.tv. To get the show notes, links mentioned, video replay, or even to catch up on past episodes of Ask Wardy, go to askwardy.tv. To join the fun of the live video recording, be sure to follow me with the handle at tradcookschool on the Periscope app, or go to periscope.tv slash tradcookschool. We record live on Wednesdays at 10 a.m. Pacific. That's 1 p.m. Eastern. And finally, you can subscribe to this podcast on iTunes, the Podcasts app, or Stitcher. If you're on a mobile device, just search for Ask Wardy while you're in the app. If you're on a desktop or laptop, go to tradcookschool.com slash awitunes right in your browser. And while you're there, please leave a rating or review. I love to read your comments, and your feedback makes it much more likely that others who are interested in traditional cooking will find Ask Wardy too. Thanks so much. God bless you, and I'll see you next week.